Are you sick and tired of that political news crap? Then listen to Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network. JourneyIntoComics.com The following the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 218. Holy fuck, there's a train of our existence to literally kick off our show today. It just it just literally sets the stage in such a beautiful way. <clears throat> so folks, let's just get the elephant out of the room. I have the unfortunate duty to tell you guys news. You've probably already heard this news at this point is a week old, but uh, it is still news that must be discussed and talked about and really broken down right here on Journey into Comics podcast. I don't know what this show, this particular episode is going to be like, guys. I have a couple little tiny pieces of like bullshit regular news, but this is real life stuff and this is where things kind of change and blur the lines from um, being silly and, and, and nerding out about shit to to things that really hit home and, and get you right in the feels. So, uh, unfortunately, Stanley, um, a pillar of Marvel and a pillar of the comics community and a, a beacon of hope in this world um, at the age of 95 years old has passed away on Oct- or on November the, uh, the 12th, so a week ago. By the time this is hitting your guys' ear holes. Uh, man. So it's crazy because you can almost be like, Nate, why does it matter? You didn't personally know this guy, you know? Well, I didn't personally know him, but I did actually get a chance to briefly meet him. Now, let's take you back to C2E2, uh, 2013 or 2012. It was, I can't really remember which year. It was one of the years I went to C2E2. I went a couple, three years, two or three years there. And we go, I'm walking down Artist Alley, and I turn the corner, and who's there but fucking Stanley? He's in Artist Alley. He's talking to one of the artists. And I literally just walked up, I tapped him, hey, nice to meet you, shook his hand, you're a huge, huge fan, I'll go, I'm not trying to bother you, and I just kept going, I did not really, I I didn't stop for a picture, I didn't do any of that shit, it was just super fast, because to me, first of all, he was out in Artist Alley with a bodyguard, and, uh, you know, the, he, you know, the bodyguard obviously saw me not coming up, being threatening, and I was very like, hey, hi, (laughs) holy shit, you're, st- oh my god, you're Stanley, can I like, shake your fucking hand, it was cool, it was great, so that was an amazing moment that I'll never forget, because it was just like this chance meeting, like I happened to be at that part of Artist Alley, in the one particular moment where he was talking to one particular artist, I'm not sure if it was Mark Bagley or whoever it was, I'm, I can't, I genuinely don't remember who exactly the creator was that was sitting at the table that Stan went to talk to at that time, but uh, I know that I was going down Artist Alley to go back to talk to David Mack, actually, and uh, God, I'd love to have him on the show sometime. He's such an interesting 
individual, David Mack. He's very insightful and very peaceful, calm with his words, you know, well-spoken and, and brilliantly delivered across the board. So, uh, man, the Stanley death thing really rocked me. I'm sitting there and, you know, uh, I just was scrolling and TMC had reported that Stanley passed away and I was just like, Oh my God, this is crushing. So I immediately shared it cause it was, you know, my thought is like this, like TMZ, I actually trust them as a resi- reliable news source. So when I see them, I go, Oh fuck. The shit's real. Like they wouldn't say that if they were being. They're not going to be funny. Not to coax some people. That's not really what TMZ is all about. And they very rarely get caught up in those hoax fucking stories, you know. So, I. uh, I don't know, man. It was just like it hit me hard. Stanley created so many amazing comic book characters, and you know, you talk about uh, obviously. My number one all-time favorite character, Spider-Man. Um, most notably, he uh, he 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 you know he did do a large chunk of creating Spidey and the, the fucking Rogues Gallery of the villains and and setting the stage for the Spider-Man universe as a whole. Uh, Spidey gets the scenes that are on the in the Amazing Fantasy 15, which is the debut of Spider-Man. He's on the cover even. Um, it was like a one-shot with, uh, you know, uh, Stan Lee writing it, but it was art done by Steve Ditko, which, oh, man, those two become like, uh So as fate would have it, several other Spideys, uh, care, you know, uh, the, it was just like there were other people that appeared in Amazing Fantasy 15, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, Flash Thompson, Liz Allen. So it's kind of setting the stage for him. But other characters within Spidey's universe. I mean, in, and I'm just going to go kind of like for off the top of my brain meets here. Um, I know that he helped create uh, Jonah Jameson and Tinkerer and Doc Ock and Mysterio, one of my all-time favorites, appearing in Amazing Spider-Man 13 and Electro and uh, Scorpion, and Gwen Stacy, and Harry Osborn, and Shocker, and Rhino, and Craven and Lizard, I think I said that already, Sandman, uh, Vulture, oh shit, uh, th- um, Ned Leeds, who has a big story with the Clone Saga, uh, Jackal, another Clone Saga character, uh, Mary Jane, Prowler, you know, so Stan, I mean, really set the stage and created all these amazing characters for Spider-Man and was such a huge integral part of creating these stories that are so memorable and the lineage and history of the character of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Obviously, uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby worked their asses off to create this huge new universe, which was the X-Men. So, uh, you know, obviously the original five, Beast, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Iceman, Angel, and Professor X, as well as Magneto, all debuting in X-Men 1, all created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Other characters including, like, uh, you know, you've got uh, the Sentinels, Juggernaut, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver, which appear as X-Men first before they were ever Avengers or any of that shit. Toad, Blob, Sentinels, uh... That's all I can think of right now. And then one of my personal favorites that he created, the Fantastic Four, his first family, the home run. It was the real 
first time they ripped it open and said, we're going to take this shit over and do things our way. We're going to create the stories that we want to read. And this is our one chance. Even if it fails, it doesn't matter because we're leaving. So it's all said and done. It doesn't matter. They roll the dice. They create Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, Ben Grimm, as well as Dr. Doom and Galactus. That's Jack Kirby and Stanley yet again. They also created characters like Mole Man, as I said, Dr. Doom, Uatu the Watcher, famously in Fantastic Four 13, an issue that I have. I have a lot of issue 13s from those classic eras. Mysterio's first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man 13, Uatu's uh, first appearance in Fantastic Four 13. I think I have the second appearance of Juggernaut in X-Men 13 as well. I have to. I would have to look that up because I can't... Actually, I'm, I'm I'm definitely certain that's his second appearance because I'm pretty sure his first appearance is issue 12 of uh, X-Men. And then, yeah, anyways, uh, Super Scroll, also Kang the Conqueror, Galactus Silver Surfer, Ronan the Accuser, Annihilus, Franklin Richards. I mean, God, think about that. Okay, also another, people, another character Stanley creates is the Hulk. Just in the Hulk alone, just the Hulk, just say the Hulk. Ultra memorable character created by Stanley. Daredevil. Another one, great. Iron Man, amazing. Uh, Thor, Doctor Fucking Strange. I mean, and and people within Doctor Strange's world, like Kaecilius and Enchantress and Mephisto, and uh, I know he created Dormammu or helped create Dormammu. I can't, who do you, who do you work with? Uh, oh yeah, it was it was Steve Ditko. He and he and Ditko had an amazing amazing Doctor Strange run. There, creating a lot of different characters. Uh, he creates Black Panther, first appearing in Fantastic Four Fifty Two. Creates the Inhumans, first appearance of Fantastic, and first appearance of them in the Fantastic Four, um, 44, 45, and forty six for the majority of the team. But Medusa appeared way back in thirty six first, and then everybody else shows up later in those forties. He also helped create Ant Man, Hank Pym. Egghead, Wasp, Giant Man, Goliath, Bill Foster. He also had his hand in helping create Groot, Fing Fame, Foom, Nick Fury, Baron Zemo, Hawkeye, Wonder Man, Eternity, Hercules, Batrock, Sharon Carter, Peggy Carter, The Collector, Ares, The Living Tribunal, uh, Forbush Man, Adam Warlock, Modok, Black Knight, Captain Marvel, which was, I'm pretty sure, Marvel, not like. Cara Danvers, Cara Danvers, Man-Thing, Falcon. I mean, he created like 100 fucking characters or more, you guys. The man is a fucking legend and should be revered as such. And it just breaks my heart and soul that he is gone. And I know that he, I'm not, you know, it's crazy. I'm not the only motherfucking human on earth that's mourning the loss of Stanley. Obviously, his family, shout out to the Lee family, his daughter, uh, Casey, JC, I think it's JC. Uh, you know, having to deal with this shit, but it's like with any celebrity death comes other people commenting on it. We're in this era now where, you know, 2018 going here into 2019, I can't believe we're so close to it. We're in an era now where as soon as something happens, we can get people's immediate opinions and feelings and thoughts and gut reactions. Boom. What's the first thing you thought of as soon as you heard this news? What did you go and tweet? You put your thoughts together. You wanted to make a statement, say something. What did you say? And so many people came out and said beautiful things. We're going to get to those in just one second. But before we get to those beautiful things, because I also, I just want to kind of try to do this on a high note. It's like Stanley's death, just like his life in the later years, is 
is being marred in like a little bit of controversy because people are talking shit. Uh, Army Army Hammer. I'm not even gonna address that because I don't fucking like that guy, he, and he should never have ever been considered for the role of Green Lantern. Fuck him. But I digress. Uh, I, I'm not saying anything more. But this thing with Bill Maher, I want to talk about it. You know, it's weird. I had a lot of respect for a while for Bill Maher. Uh, he made this documentary, Religious, and it really opened my eyes and it gave me an opportunity to look at things. Uh, a little bit more clearly, I think, because, you know, I get it. We are all these creatures on Earth, and we're human people, and um, we're trying to do our thing and, and create our own worlds or whatever um, and, you know, forge our own path, as it were. But uh, some people think that there's a path that's been predestined for them and that, well, God damn it, not mean to take dude's name in vain, but, like, like God damn it. If I just trust in this dude, shit's going to go right. And then shit never does. And people are divorced and smoking and cheating and being evil and having all these things fall apart. And, you know, pedophilia is running rampant within churches and Catholic churches and shit like that. And it's like, uh, you know, it, the religious documentary in short, not to tangent super hardcore. I know this is journey into comics where tangents are a frequent thing, but... uh he just opened my eyes to this like possible way of thinking. So I did have some respect for Bill Maher, but his uh, most recent comments have me fucking heated. I'm just going to read some shit that he said, you guys. He obviously has this show, uh, or I, I guess he actually wasn't doing it on his show. Um, this time it was actually a blog post, okay, um, where he says, the guy who created Spider-Man and the Hulk has died and America is in mourning. Deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, watch a movie. I guess. Someone on Reddit posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I lived in a world that included Stanley. Personally, I'm grateful that I lived in a world that included oxygen and trees, but to each his own. Now, I have nothing against comic books. I have read them now and then when I was a kid and when I was all out of Hardy Boys. But the assumption everyone had back then, both the adults and the kids, was that comics were for kids. And that when you grew up, you moved on to big boy books without the pictures. Um, but then, 20 years or so ago, something happened. Adults decided that they didn't have to give kids stuff up. And so they pretended comic books were actually sophisticated literature. And because America has 4,500 colleges, which means we need more professors than we have smart people, uh, some dumb people got to be professors by writing these titles with like otherness and Hedoxy and the Silver Surfer, or Heteroxy and the Silver Surfer. And now when adults are forced to go do grown-up things like buy auto insurance, they call it adulting and act like it's some giant stroke. So, he's just, uh, he's just being an asshole, you know, and I'm not really a humongous fan uh, and a lot of people aren't a humongous fan either because the comic book industry responds, and I have some stuff that I've got pulled up here thanks to the amazing comicbook.com. Bad shout-out to them. Uh, here are some of the things that were in the comic book world responded to. Okay, here we go. Um, from Andy Corey. Not Andy Cordy, Andy Corey. 
Uh, Bill Maher, I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. Yeah, where's the rest of the fucking thing? Because there was other shit on that. I want to fucking pull up the full op-ed and finish reading that first. Oh, there's that sad-ass music. Okay. Okay. So after he says and acts like it's some giant struggle, he says, I'm not saying that we've necessarily gotten stupid or the average Joe is smarter in a lot of ways than he was in, say, 1940s when a big night out was a Three Stooges short and a Carmen Miranda musical. The problem is we're using our smarts on stupid stuff. I don't think it's a huge stress to just suggest that Donald Trump could only get an electric elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. Ooh. 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 People are tearing them apart in the comments. Um, I will not be reading those comments because, whoa, uh, the first one I read immediately was like, holy shit, I'm not saying that on my show. Uh, but let's get back to um, what people had to say. So uh, someone said, what a nasty thing to say in connection with Stanley's death. And someone put... A thing about, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe because I'm English, but seeing some stuff online about a blog post from this Bill Maher bloke trashing comics and Stanley. So I'm just wondering who's the Badgerty Christ, who the Badgerty Christ is Bill Maher, other than an arsehole, obviously. I have no idea what Bill Maher said about Stanley. Bill Maher is an unremarkable piece of shit. That's all there is worth saying about Bill Maher. Someone else says, Bill Maher dismisses Stanley comic books and their reverence much the same way people dismiss Lenny Bruce in stand-up comedy. Man, I mean, I don't like Bill Maher. What's he thinking, man? Like, come on. Stanley is dead. There are people grieving, and you're just being an asshole. I don't like it. So here's the thing, folks. There's some upcoming comics, and ooh, Superior Spider-Man number one is on my list for sure. Uh... There are titles that are coming out soon that are going to have select variants on a case-by-case basis because Friday, Marvel sent a message to comic retailers revealing a Stanley Tribute trade dress that will be featured on the covers of several new issues arriving this winter. Many titles that are going on sale from November 19th to January 9th will feature the art, though Marvel has not yet revealed exactly what the trade dress will look like. The company did, however, share the complete list of titles that will feature the trade dress in the first two weeks of its release. Uh, This is going on all the standard covers for these issues and will be included on some select variants on a case-by-case basis, as I said initially. So here we go. We've got Amazing Spider-Man 12. Black Panther vs. Deadpool 3, Captain America number 6, Champions Annual number 1, Defenders the Best Defense number 1, Domino number 9, Exiles number 11, Extermination number 5, Iceman number 4, Infinity Wars number 6, Killmonger number 2. By the way, Infinity War number 6, that's going to wrap up that series. That'll be the final one of the six-part thing there, getting the Stanley tribute added to it. Um, Marvel Knights 20th, number 4. Old Man Hawkeye, number 12. Runaway 16. Seasons Beatings, number 1. I don't know what that is. Sounds interesting. Shuri, number 3. Spider-Geddon, number 5. The Life of Captain Marvel, number 5. Punisher, number 5. Thor, number 8. Tony Stark, Iron Man, number 7. Uncanny X-Men, number 6. Weapon H, number 11. West Coast Avengers, 6. 
Fantastic Four number five, Superior Spider-Man number one, Uncanny X-Men seven, and X-Force number one. Here is what Disney and they had to say about this uh, the death of Stanley. They said today, Marvel Comics and the Walt Disney Company pause and reflect with great sadness on the passing of Marvel Chairman Emeritus Stan Lee. With heavy hearts, we share our deepest condolences with his daughter and brother. We honor and remember the creator, voice, and champion of Marvel. Uh, Bob Iger going on to say, Stanley was an extraordinary was extraordinary as the characters he created. A superhero in his own rights to Marvel fans around the world. Stan had the power to inspire, to entertain, and to connect. The scale of his imagination was only exceeded by the size of his heart. God, that's true. He's such a soft-spoken dude, man, Stanley. It just crushes you when you... And there's a lot more people remembering Stan as well. Uh, let's just go across the across the board here real quick and get it out of the way. As some as DC Comics says, he changed the way we look at heroes, and modern comics will always bear his indelible mark. His infectious enthusiasm remind us of why we all fell in love with these stories in the first place. Excelsior, Stan. Speaking of Excelsior, uh, interesting. Uh, the first time we see him use it uh, is in the Fantastic Four 71 in 1968. I think I have that issue. Uh, the phrase appears in Stan's soapbox from the issue, and once he used it there, he simply never stopped. I want to I go fucking see what that Stan's soapbox with Excelsior actually read. Let's see. Let's see. That was Fantastic Four 71. Fantastic... 471 Excelsior. Okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, okay. Um, okay, so they do have a transcript of it. Um, oh, okay, hold on. It's a, okay. So here's the actual deeper meaning of Excelsior. Stanley has used Excelsior as a signature sign-off for decades. It's largely the permanent, uh, the comic book industry's collective subconscious. Lee, when asked, will usually define the word as meaning onward and upward to greater glory. But how many people know its real meaning and origin? It actually stems from the Latin word accelere, which means to rise, surpass, be eminent. Broken down, X meaning out from, and celere meaning rise high. It's the same root from which we get the English word excel and excellent. The word excelsior itself was the adjective form of accelerate and means simply higher or superior. The state of New York actually adopted the word for their official seal and flag in 1778. The definition at the time was generally given as even upward or even higher. As someone apparently mistook the word as an adverb, the seal has remained essentially unchanged to this day. The seal was allegedly seen by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 1841 and was the inspiration for his poem Excelsior, which reads, <clears throat> In happy homes he saw the light of household fires gleam warm and bright. Above the specter glaciers shone and from his lips escape a groan. Excelsior! Try not the pass, an old man said. Dark lower the temple overhead. The roaring torrent is deep and wide and... Loud that clarion voice replied, Excelsior! Oh, stay, the maiden said, and rest thy weary head upon this breast. 
A tear stood in his bright blue eye, but still he answered with a sigh. Excelsior, beware the pine tree's withered branch, beware the awful avalanche. This was the peasant's last good night, a voice replied far up the height. Excelsior, at break of day, as heavenward, the pious monks of St. Bernard uttered the oft-repeated prayer. A voice cried through the startled air, Excelsior, a traveler by the faithful hound, half buried in the snow was found, still grasping in his hand of ice that banner with the strange device, Excelsior. There was a twilight cold and gray, lifeless, but beautiful he lay. And from the sky, serene and far, a voice fell like a falling star. Excelsior. I fucked it up at the end, of course. Excelsior. Shit. It was the repeated use of the refrain Excelsior that caught people's attention. In 1855, Walt Whitman penned a poem the same name as did Alexandru. I'm um, not going to try to say that last name. In 1859 or 1895, the Excelsior Brigade was a military unit in the Union Army during the American Civil War. In 1861, Sam Lloyd applied the name to a unique chess problem uh, he devised. In 1893, the name was given to then the world's largest diamond. Two car manufacturers took the name uh, around the turn of the century, and several motorcycle companies used the name in the early 20th century. P.G. Wodehose. Uh, penned a short story called Excelsior in 1948. In 1959-60, USAF Captain Joseph Kittinger was involved in a Project Excelsior that was testing new parachute equipment and, in the process, set several still-standing world records. Not to mention several cities and townships have been named Excelsior over the years. Interesting. There's more to go. I got a lot about this. This Excelsior thing fascinates me, by the way. I want, that's why I wanted to bring it to your guys' attention today. You know, it's uh, it's interesting to, to learn about this shit, you know. So <clears throat> among those who read Longfellow's poems was not surprisingly Stanley, although I can't seem to find the reference now. I recall Stan saying that he appropriated the catchphrase from Longfellow. Interesting. It was surprisingly a late addition to the Lee style hyperbole that ran rampant through those old Marvel comics. While there are plenty of face fronts, enough seds peppered through the earliest comics. The first instance of an Excelsior I can find is from Stan Soapbox in Fantastic Four 71 Circa 68. Of course, once he did start using it, he never stopped. And when questioned about its meaning, he naturally added his own unique spin by saying, uh, to the definition by adding the to greater glory that part uh, that's partially implied in Longfellow's poem beautiful i'm going to have to look up um fantastic 471 and pull it out of the out of the old uh <clears throat> backlog and show you guys on social media i'm almost fucking 100% i have fantastic 471 like i almost want to pause the show just to go i might actually do it i might i might you know what folks here's it's late though. It's so late, you guys. I'm recording this at like 1.30 in the morning because I'm a gangster like that and I podcast late sometimes. So we know where Stanley Camp with Excelsior. We know the meaning of it and we love that. Man, oh, God, uh, it's it sucks. So let's get back to some people having some beautiful things to say about him as the some of the Marvel people had some stuff to say about Stan. I'm just going to read these quotes off from their Twitters or wherever they posted them. Uh, first, the architect of the Marvel comic, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige. 
No one has had more of an impact on my career and everything we do at Marvel Studios than Stan Lee. Stan leaves an extraordinary legacy that will outlive us all. Our thoughts are with his daughter, his family, and his millions of fans. Hashtag thank you, Stan. Hashtag Excelsior. Robert Downey Jr. posted a picture of him and Stan behind a green screen. Uh, I owe it all to you. Rest in peace, Stan. Chris Evans saying, There will never be another Stan Lee. For decades, he provided both young and old with adventure, escape, comfort, confidence, inspiration, strength, friendship, and joy. He exuded love and kindness that will leave an indelible mark on so, so, so many lives. Excelsior. Tom Holland, obviously Spidey, saying, How many millions of us are indebted to this guy? None more so than me. The father of Marvel has made so many people so incredibly happy. What a life. What a thing to have achieved. Rest in peace, Stan. Uh, Lou Ferrigno and Mark Ruffalo had some stuff to say, both the Hulks. Lou Ferrigno saying, Not enough kind words to post about my dear friend Stanley. My life wouldn't be the same without his incredible talent as a creator, storyteller, and friend. Rest in peace, Stan. You'll be missed. Mark Ruffalo saying, Sad, sad day. Rest in power, Uncle Stan. You have made the world a better place through the power of modern mythology and your love of this messy business of being human. Tom Hardy, who's not a member of Marvel. I mean, now he is because he's fucking Venom. Ooh, Venom. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to shit on that movie. I really want to watch it. I can't wait to watch it and then really judge it. But just know anybody who's listening. Okay, I, I want to say this. I'm just going to take a second away before I read whatever the fuck Tom Hardy as Venom had to say about Stan Lee. And here's the deal. I'm a huge Venom fan. Like, my fandoms, when they go, they go deep. And I know shit. And I study and learn. And and I have a lot of expectations for things. And it's interesting because Marvel has a way. Marvel, when they're Marvel Studios, has a way of weaving certain pieces that I love with other random parts in the junk drawer that need something a little bit better to spice them up, I guess, and making these brilliantly told stories on the big screen that I love. So when I go to watch Tom Hardy's Venom, I'm going to watch it through the guise of like, why didn't they connect this to the MCU? What's it missing? What's what's the thing that Marvel doesn't see in this franchise or whatever? Because they could have. I mean, it's not that hard, you guys. They could have introduced any different thing of course the other running issue right now is that spider-man technically uh, spoiler alert he was snapped and we're going to get to that in a little bit too but we're going to get back to tom hardy and what he had to say about stan lee he posted a picture with him and stan and just put with the greatest of respect and heart ryan reynolds the man as deadpool uh just put damn dot 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 r.i.p stan thanks for everything sebastian stan the winter soldier Posting, thank you, great legend. You will be missed. I wouldn't be here without you. Heart, prayer emoji, heart. Hugh Jackman says, we lost a creative genius. Stanley was a pioneer force in the superhero universe. I'm proud to have been a small part of his legacy and to have helped bring one of his characters to life. Stanley Wolverine. I actually don't think Wolverine was created by Stan. Maybe? I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't think that was one of the ones. Okay, so how about this? Winston Duke, he played M'Baku. 
says, Thank you, Stan Lee. You gave us characters that continue to stand the test of time and evolve with our consciousness. You taught us that there are no limits to our future as long as we have access to our imagination. Rest in power, Excelsior. Letitia Wright uh, played Shuri. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. Zoe Saldana, obviously the lovely Zoe Saldana tagging herself. I love the flex on this because she tags herself with a picture of Stan and James Gunn. Looks like on the set of Infinity War. Uh, Zoe says, today we lost one of the greats, the real Stan Lee. You were an inspiration and superhero to us all. Thank you for contributing so much and giving us all something to aspire to. And Evangeline Lilly posted a picture of the Wasp as Giant Wasp. And it says, hi, boys, how's it hanging? And then she posts on her Instagram, I believe with all my heart that Stan Lee would want to be celebrated today. Even through your tears, let's flood the internet with all the artwork, good, great, or awful, yeah, that's ever been created in Stan's name. Let's send a reverberation to the other side. Break the internet for Stan. Art for Stan. Start sharing now. And then she posted a bunch of other art, which is... She has an Ant-Man and the Wasp Lego piece, a poster from Ant-Man and the Wasp of just the Wasp, uh, a Wasp and an ant, an actual Wasp and an actual ant, um, Wasp carrying an ornament to the tree, a lot, just a lot of beautiful little art. Man, she fucking posted a shit ton of art. There's like 20 fucking art pieces there. Jesus, Evangeline Lilly, like, Damn, woman. Um, John Bernthal saying, Was an honor, my friend. Rest easy. Thanks for letting me play. Thanks for giving us so much. You will be missed. And he posted a picture with his back and Stanley. He, did, I guess, didn't get an actual picture with Stan face-to-face. But still, Finn Jones, you're a former Iron Fist, saying thank you for your imagination, passion, and humor at the real Stanley. Uh, Jessica Henwick putting rest in peace, Stan Lee. Such an inspiration to so many people changed the world as we know it. Um, also, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. says on their Twitter, we pause and reflect with great sadness on the passing of Stan Lee. Uh, Runaways saying thank you for making us believe we can all be heroes. Rest in peace, Stan Lee. And a picture of the entire cast with Stan. Uh, the gifted Stan Lee, thank you for bringing our heroes to life. You will be greatly missed. A picture with the entire cast and Stan again. Um, Stan was born December 28th of 1922 and passed away November 12th of 2018, which sucks. Okay, how about this? So uh, Mark Ruffalo posted an additional picture I want to talk about. He posted a picture of uh, some of the original Avengers himself, Downey Jr., Scarlet, and... uh, and Chris Hemsworth, n- no Hawkeye, no Renner, no Evans. No Renner, no Evans. So you let us be extra human, superhuman even. I'm deeply honored to have been a small part of Stanley's constellation. Oh, man. Aquaman himself, Mr. Jason Momoa, posted, I was so excited to meet him. What a beautiful man. Prayers to Zohana, RIP, legend, Aloha, Jay. And he posted a, let's see. A video of him meeting with Stan. And then a nice picture from them at um, Wizard World together. 
That's beautiful. Man. He transcended, you guys. He transcended both sides. It didn't matter, you know. So I think Stan was always about unity. I think that's the most important thing we can take away from all this, is that he wanted all of us to be united because we are all weird, creepy, strange character people. Like, even if you think you live a super boring, normal life, to somebody you're weird, to somebody something you're doing strange. You know, even living a boring life, to some people is just strange, you know. But, uh... Another person who is not on, man, I would love to see him in the MCU. I'm going to take a drink. Brought to you by Poor Entertainment. Check him out tomorrow. He's got an episode dedicated to Stan as well. So it's going to be a lot of Stan here in the early parts of this week. But God damn it, we're celebrating Stan Lee. Drink breaks for you new listeners. They're real. That's why I do it. Because if it didn't do it, the real way and edited all my shit, well, then it's not really me. It's a fucking, as I hit the pop filter, pop filter awareness month. Uh, it's, it's, it, I want you guys to know that it's fucking really me and I'm not like roboting this in and what you see is what you get when I'm on the mic and riffing and talking and shit. This is, I'm crazy. I'm weird. I'm strange. I know it's okay. So Arnold Schwarzenegger says, Stanley created more legends than any of us can count, but his own life was the greatest story he ever wrote. He inspired billions around the world, including me, and I was honored to know him. Ugh. One last one here as someone um, amazing. Uh, one of my favorite people, George R. R. Martin, the creator of Game of Thrones, had a farewell he penned to Stan, and I'm going to read that to you now. He says, uh, let's see if I can actually pull up the whole thing here. Oh, I oh I got around it. Sometimes you just got to be clever, folks. You just got to work yourself around it. So here is what George R.R. R. Martin himself penned. I wanted to read exactly what he said, not some fucking phony transcript that only gave you the cliff notes. I want to say what these fucking people said about the man because Stanley impacted us all so much. I can't drive it home enough here, folks. So this is the last one we're going to read. Uh, it's a very, very long farewell from George R.R. R. Martin, creator of Game of Thrones, starting with, unless you have been hiding under in a cave somewhere or down with the mole man in the bowels of the earth. By now you have read that Stanley has died at the age of 95. A good age, that. Uh, Stanley lived a long life and leaves a grand and glorious legacy behind him. He's been a part of my world for so long that it seems impossible that he is gone. Not that I can claim to have been a friend. I never had that honor. Oh yes, I met Stan a dozen times or so at various San Diego Comic Cons over the year. Every time I did, it was like meeting him for the first time. He never remembered our previous meetings, and I don't think he had any idea who I was. It made no matter. He was always genuine and generous to me, as he was to all the fanboys who surrounded him at all those cons. And when I was in Stan's presence, that's just what I was, a fanboy. Slightly tongue-tied and more than a little in awe. I owe so much to Stanley. He was, in a sense, my first publisher, my first editor. Dear Stan and Jack, those were the first words of mine to ever see print in the letter column of Fantastic 420, as it happens. My first published lock, a commentary on FF17, compared Stan to uh, Shakespeare. A little overblown, you say. Well, okay, I was 13. And yet, and yet, 
the comparison, when you think about it, is not entirely without merit. There were plays before Shakespeare, but the Bard's work revolutionized the theater, left it profoundly different from what it had been before, and Stan Lee did the same for comic books. I've been reading comics all through my childhood, but by the late 50s, I had started to drift away from them. I was buying fewer and fewer funny books, as we called them back then, and more SF and fantasy paperbacks. The DC comics that had dominated the racks had become so formulaic and tired they were no longer holding my interest that they had had when I was younger. I was outgrowing comics. And then Stan Lee came along and pulled me back in. The first issue of Fantastic Four that I had chanced on, uh, number four, it was the one where FF meets Prince Namor, caught my interest as nothing had for years. A short while later, along came Spider-Man, and then the rest, one by one, in an astonishing short period of time, the Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and the Wonderful Wasp, the X-Men, the Avengers, Wonder Man, who died in the same issue he was introduced, Black Panther, the Inhumans, Galactus and the Silver Surfer, and the villains, oh my gosh, Doctor Doom, Doc Octopus, the Vulture, Sandman, Mysterio, Loki, and on and on. We will not talk about Paste Pot Pete, this is a tribute. These characters had personalities, quirks, flaws, tempers. The heroes were not all good. The villains were not all bad. The stories had twists and turns. I could not tell where they were going. Sometimes good guys fought other good guys. Characters grew and changed. Over at DC, Superman and Lois Lane had been locked in the same relationship for decades, but Peter Parker went through girlfriends like a real teenager. He graduated high school and went to college, and people could and did die. You had to be there to understand how revolutionary all of this was. Comics as we know them today would not have existed except for Stan Lee. They might not even exist at all, if truth be told. No, of course, he did not do it all alone. The genius of Marvel artists, especially Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, should never be minimized. They were a huge part of Marvel as well. But Lee was at the center of it all. The letter in FF20 was... Only the first of many I sent to Stan and Jack, and Stan and Steve, and Stan and whoever the artist was on the book I was writing to. A number were published, with my full address attached. Other comic fans around the country saw the letters, and began sending me fanzines and letters of their own. Uh, My friendship with Howard Waldrop began thanks to those letters. Him in Texas, me in Jersey. And after reading some of those early dittoed fanzines, I began to write for them as well. My first published stories. Heroes of my own creation, Manta Ray, uh, Garazan the Mechanical Warrior, the White Raider who, like Wonder Man, died in his first story, and then a little later, Heroes created for star-studded comics um, by my friends from the Texas trio, Power Man and Dr. Weird. I could not draw, so I wrote text stories, superhero stories, and prose, which people liked, which encouraged me to keep writing, and as I wrote, I did my best to write like Stan Lee. These days in interviews, I am often asked which writers influenced me the most when I started out. There were a lot of them. For SF, there were uh, Heinlein and Andre Norton and Eric Frank Russell. For fantasy, science fiction, by the way, is SF. For fantasy, Robert E. Howard, J.R.R.T., that's uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, which I won't get into that, and Fritz Lieber. Uh, for horror, the intimidable H.P. Lovecraft. Later on, when I was older, there was Jack Vance and Ursula K. Lee Ginn and Roger Zelanzi uh, and Samuel Delaney and Alfred Bester and later still William Goldman and F. Scott Fitzgerald. The greatest influence are the earliest influences, I think, and at the beginning there was only 
Stan Lee. Comics have had a lot of great writers in half the century since the Marvel age began. Neil Gaiman, Len Wein, Alan Moore, and more and more and more and more. The list goes on and on. But if not for Stan Lee and the world and characters and style he created, their own careers and accomplishments would have been very, very different, if not impossible. Let me close with one last letter of comment. Dear Stan, you did good work. As long as people still read comic books and believe in heroes, your characters will be remembered. Thanks so much. Make mine Marvel. Man. Killer. Sucks to read that. You know, uh, George R.R. Martin created his own legacy, you know, and he's going to be... Someday, he'll die. and, And we'll be mourning the loss of him because he's a creative genius in his own goddamn right. And at the heart of it all, Stan Lee, the man who sparks the the whole thing. Okay, so uh, let's talk about one thing. It'll lead to the other thing. We've got a bit of news here. Uh, I do have, I don't know if I'm going to get into that. It's 45 minutes in. We're running out of fucking lane. I don't know, folks. I kind of want to make this one just about Stan. So I'm going to just do last couple bits of Marvel news. Then we're going to go ahead and get out of here for the evening. I want you guys to uh, keep on checking it out, but here we go. So, Stanley, uh, I'm sure some of you are curious, like, oh my god, he's dead. Will we see him in any more movies? Yes, you will. He already filmed his Avengers 4 cameo. Probably right around the same time he filmed his cameo for... uh, What the fuck is it? He, he, well, my guess is, okay, so my guess is if he filmed his cameo for Avengers 4, then he also filmed his cameo for Captain Marvel and the Spider-Man movie, because Spider-Man wrapped a couple weeks ago, I think, so I would guess if they were going to do Stan, it would have been around the time, like, they were early, early shooting, which would have been around the time that Captain Marvel was just finishing shooting, so they could get him as many things as possible here. I'm actually not sure how they did that, but, uh... It's going to be sad as fuck, guys, when we get the to the Captain Marvel movie and it says at the beginning or the end, R.I.P. Stan Lee. It's going to fucking make me cry. I'm just being honest. I don't really give a fuck. Like, everybody cries. You fucking cry. Don't bullshit me. I ain't stupid. So, he already filmed his Avengers 4 cameo. Um... Uh, you know, they talked, uh, the Russo brothers talked about it, uh, recently, uh, on BBC radio interview. He saying he's the godfather of a lot of these stories, him and Jack Kirby. So Stan, typically we tried to get him out. He doesn't love to fly. So we tried to get him out for his cameos around the same time. So if we have other movies shooting on the same lot we're on, for instance, Ant-Man and the Wasp or Avengers 4, we group his cameos together and then move him one from one set to the next to get him through his cameos in one day. So he, you know, lots of shit. They, I mean, they, they have lots of stuff going on. They, they juggle many balls over at Marvel. Uh, so I'm going to bring this up. This is, uh, oh man, this is really good, you guys. And uh, I'm going to bring up the actual, again, the whole article. So um, I love this theory because it does bring up a very brilliant point. Uh, that is the obvious thing. So uh, the guys who are writing Avengers 4, who penned Avengers 4, said it's not going to be 
well, it's not going to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not going to be what you expect. It's going to be something that kind of throws you off. You're going to think it's going to go one way. It's probably going to swerve you a totally different direction. So how do you, what's the most obvious thing? Oh, well, they've got the time stone they can fuck with. How do you use the time stone to undo the past? Or how do you use time travel to undo the past or whatever, right? So this person's like, well, what if you don't have to use time travel at all to bring these characters back? And there's a totally different, way more creative way. And I actually love this way. And that's actually going to lead me to another thing that I have about Avengers 4 that we're going to get into in a minute. My eyes just started just profusely itching. God damn. Happens sometimes in the middle of the podcast, folks. Uh, so this theory, fan speculation created by Philo PJ on Reddit here, says, If I am being honest, I am not fond of the time travel theory. I feel that it would negate the deaths of Infinity War and cause inconsistencies in the timeline. It also doesn't feel like something the Russo brothers would do. If anything, I think they would want us to think there's it's time travel so that they defy our expectations. However, I have come up with a possible theory as to what may happen. Now, I don't have much evidence to back up my claim other than the fact that everyone will be coming back at the moment. I am just typing this from my head. I only intend to discuss the possibility that this could happen. Now, if you delve into what the Infinity Stones can do, you could, you know Soul Stone can bring the dead back to life, and the Mind Stone can control another's actions. You probably see where I'm going here. I believe that Thanos will resurrect all the heroes he has dusted, and he will either use the Mind or Soul Stones to control them and have them act as his minions. If you want, you can also add that he uses the Power Stone to enhance their powers, or have the Power Stones amplify the effects of the Mind Stone, they could be tasked with keeping the universe's population in half, but more importantly, fight off the Avengers should they try to make an attempt to steal the Infinity Stones. This would return all of those that were dusted and would add a twist to things. The only way to break the spell would be to either destroy the Mind Stone or steal it, which is no easy task. When they break from their trance, we get the epic shot of all the heroes that Sebastian Stan teased. Um, which that was last year. He was talking about how everybody was in it and talked about Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. And I think he brought up Brie Larson and said Nick Fury, uh, Sam Jackson. Like he he said all these different names were going to be in this one shot. So um, crazy super shot that they're planning for uh, Avengers four. Uh, I I love this. I love this. I think it's I think it's clever. I think it's cool. Uh, now I want to say something, I, I'm still talking about Avengers 4 here, there's a couple things I want to kind of spin out here. One thing I want to talk about Stan Lee, going back to Stan, um, because I don't think I really like, he means everything, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I wasn't, I, I'm kind of jumping around here folks, but I, I didn't say my thoughts and I wanted to kind of talk some news and give myself a second to breathe there um, to go, so I could go back to it. So when I was a kid, uh, younger, you know, I didn't have a ton of friends. Um, a very small circle of kids let me be around them. I was the weird one. Um, I got teased a lot, made fun of a lot, uh, the runt of a lot of the groups. I've had a lot of head injuries in my life that fucked me up, uh, getting head smashed into a locker from behind. Some kid jumped me in fifth grade and then like, had a baseball bat hit me in the back of the head in like third grade and had a bike wreck that I smashed my face into concrete. Like I've had a bunch of terrible shit happen in my life, you know, and uh, anytime bad shit ever happened to me 
or terrible thing would go down in my life and I didn't know how to cope, my coping mechanism was Marvel's comic books or a combination of comic books or the characters inspired uh, by those comics. So what I mean by that is TV shows, video games, all the different things that can spin out, right? So when I was growing up, uh, I would watch a lot of like the the Fox um, animation, uh, like X Men and Spider Man, like you know, and um, Spider Man, you know, they did like the radioactive, you know, like you guys know at ninety four, it was great. It was a great time, but those were the kind of shows I could get like lost in, you know. And, and this is, okay, so I, I, I got myself where I needed to go here because I, uh, loved heroes because they gave me this, like, imagination that I didn't really know how to tap into, I guess. I would just think, like, oh my god, if I could be Spidey, if, you know. And in 2002, I was only, like, 14, almost 15, when uh, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire came out in 2000, uh, I would have been like 12 or 13 when X-Men came out. So, you know, right in the peak of like a teenage angst and shit, these superhero movies come along and they give me hope. And I remember like the first fucking Spider-Man movie, you guys, I was obsessed with it. I saw it in theaters like four times. Uh, I literally listened to the soundtrack. I still have it to this day. Hey, there's so many bumping songs on that soundtrack. There's that Macy Gray Nutmeg Fantasy song and like Hero with uh the dude from Nickelback and the dude from Saliva. Like uh I mean, God, there's oh God, the oh man. Across the board, that is just an amazing uh you know soundtrack. I'm going to pull it up, actually, because for some reason my brain blanked, and I'm trying to think of all the other amazing songs that are on it, and I want to make sure that I hit it up. Oh, yeah, we I forgot that Sum 41's on there. Rock, it's what we're all about, it's what we live for. Come on, shout it out. Rock, it's what we're all about. Okay, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, I remember all this shit. View plus 15 more. So you had, uh, oh, Bother by Stone Sour. Oh, my God, dude, Corey Taylor, like, uh Fucking, I love that song, by the way. Uh, Shelter, uh, I hate to say I told you so. Uh, she was my girl. Uh, and, they, of course, they had, like, the theme from Spider-Man at the end, which was cool, you know. Um, but that shit was my solace and my place of safety that made me feel good. And stand these characters, you know, they inspired me to uh create this podcast really i mean you got to think guys like how, how do i even how do i even like put this out there but everything this network is built on is because of comic books and everything i love about comic books started with marvel and no, and i loved batman don't get me wrong but batman was like for the longest time and I'm going to hold true to this. For the longest time, Batman was, like, the only DC character I really fucking, like, loved, loved. I, like, kind of like Superman from time to time. But, like, I loved Batman. He was my man. You know, like, jammed him. He was the best. So Marvel really 
sets the stage for where we are today, where you're listening to the 218th episode of this podcast, and, you know, uh, you guys, like, Stanley, he fucking, yeah, like, his legacy goes without words, it goes beyond that, it goes to a place of just, like, I don't give a fuck if you guys think it's weird that it hurt me to hear that he died, but it fucking broke my heart, man. This soft, gentle dude who created all these amazing characters that we all gravitate towards and feel connections with and, you know, uh, can find ourselves within. And um, and now he's gone, you know, and, and we knew it was going to happen. You guys, I've, I've probably said it before on the podcast a couple times. Someday I'm going to have to say that it's come and, and today's the day, you know, and that's the the fucking worst thing to have to have to say is that it's done. You know, Stanley's legacy will live on forever. His characters will live on beyond forever. They already are living beyond forever. I mean, the characters have staying power 50 plus years. You don't get that a lot. 55 years for some of these characters. Um, and I just, uh, Stan, I know you'll never listen to Journey into Comics, obviously, and you probably never did in your life, but, uh, thank you from me to you and to everything you created and helped create within Marvel and what we do here because, uh, my love for comic books led me to a point where I said, I need to fucking just talk about this shit on a podcast and that let us where we are now guys and it's a whole different world now like this whole thing is crazy and uh it is it is a lot of stanley's creations that um i mean god i used to collect all the different kind of like art just like the different cards like the different collectible cards that had all kinds of different um marvel cards and shit you know so i uh Definitely indebted to Stanley and what he did in his legacy. And uh, I want to close with that, folks. So I want to say thank you guys so much for checking out a less exciting and way more somber episode of Journey into Comics. Uh, as always, check us out on the Journey into Comics network at journeyintocomics.com. Uh, subscribe on Podbean or iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify. Just do that because then you know you never miss an episode. We have new podcasts that come out every day of the week. You might find another show that you like that's not just Journey into Comics. You might get into porn entertainment or porn news or adulting ain't easy or foodies watching movies or Journey into Wrestling or Podcastrophy or Kids for Sale or Gallifradio or uh, Voice of Survival Podcast or Brews with Dudes or Best of the Week. or We've got two new shows debuting coming up in January, and I cannot wait them to debut you guys they are going to be so much fucking fun they're going to be a whole different thing we've never had either of these shows really or these styles of shows at all on our network so i'm really looking forward to them i'm not going to spoil that too much you guys can go to our patreon patreon.com backslash journey into comics there you get early access and exclusive content for one dollar meaning as soon as this podcast is edited it gets uploaded it gets delivered to your ear holes before anybody else hears it meaning it's saturday night it's actually sunday morning it's 1 55 a.m in the morning while i'm finishing this recording and some of you who have patreon are gonna hear this some of you who are just finishing up the uh doom room 
pizza party uh, with Sluts Think Tank Misunderstood. And I'm missing one more. I know I am. Sluts Think Tank Misunderstood. Oh, and Turboner. Uh, and the, they had the, the, slut, the pizza party. Uh, like, you guys might just be getting done with this. Now you're like, oh, shit, there's a new journey into comics. What's Nate doing? How, why is he podcasting so late? You wouldn't have known that. If you didn't get early access, so go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash journey into comics. One more time. As I said, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify. We want you guys to check us out there. Thank you guys so much for listening to 218. Uh, This has been JIC, Journey into Comics, 218. We're probably going to call this uh, No Renner, No Evans. No, that's not right. I'll figure out. I don't know what I want to call it, guys. At the end of this recording right now, I have no idea. But whatever the title is, what the title is. Thank you guys so much for listening to Journey into Comics 218. I have been your host, Nate. As always, pull your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Excelsior.